This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, to the Winners Coming Entertainment Podcast. I'm your host, Razor, and I'm here with Corey Thone and Dan Selke, and we're going to be talking about mainly the Oscar noms. Uh, that we're having the 2020 Academy Award ceremony coming up pretty soon. We're going to talk about our favorite noms who may have got robbed, who may have uh, gotten exactly what they deserved. And then we're also going to talk about, uh, before we start all that, we're going to talk about Star Trek Picard. Now, if you're a younger person listening to this podcast, thank you, number one, for being the only person who listens to this podcast. <laughs> oh, God, I hate you, Corey. And, then, and, thank, and thank you for listening, but... You probably don't. You probably aren't familiar with Picard. See, I'm Generation X. I grew up watching the Next Generation, and uh, so I was very excited for Picard. Now, Dan, no. um, I'm going to leave I, this to you because you are not uh, the editor of WinnersComing.net. Yeah, there you go. You have you have to be. You Who have I, to watch this kind of stuff. Oh no, I mean, okay. So I have never watched Star Trek before. Like, not at all. Um, okay. I've seen like I think I I think seen like maybe an episode of Next Generation once in my life. Um, not because I didn't like it, I, I just never I caught on to Star Trek. It just never happened for me. Um, this looked good, and now I get paid to watch television, so I figured I might as well, uh, try Picard out. And I like it so far. Two episodes in. Um, I mean, uh, I feel like there's stuff I'm missing. I'm betting there probably is. Like, connections to all these pointy-eared people and with a dumb forehead and stuff like that. <laughs> the dumb forehead. <laughs> Yeah, that kind of thing. But, I mean, it knows where it's going. I love Patrick Stewart. He seems very confident in it. He's obviously kind of in his element. Um, he draws you in really, really quickly. That's effective. Um, and, again, I- I'm guessing this is like a normal Star Trek thing. But the way they kind of just toss off these wild sort of techno-babble concepts and you just kind of accept, like, oh, yeah, that's the way it's happening. Like, when the one hacker was, like, hacking into the... Um, the girl who died's boyfriend's apartment saying, like, oh, they could send this from the queue, but they couldn't get it back. I'm like, that doesn't mean anything. But, I mean, it... it <laughs> I don't understand anything he said. And, and, and delivered with confidence 
that we would accept and get it. And I took it and it was fine. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm enjoying the way they're different characters, like kind of different areas, and they're all seem to be developed to some extent. It's not just going to be the Picard show purely. There are other arcs we're going on here. Um, I'm curious to see what happens next, and I like this performance, and I'm into it. Yeah, well, you're not wrong. That is exactly what Star Trek does. They will throw out some weird, crazy jargon, and they expect you to go Google it after the show or during the show. You're, you're not going to. And you're not going to, but they expect you to do it. Um, I've enjoyed Picard the first two episodes. Uh, the next episode airs on Thursday. Um, my only my only concern is with Star Trek Discovery being a Trek show for more for the younger generation. You know, you've got um, that whole the whole crew of the Discovery is a, is basically a crew of millennials. Almost honestly, think about it. Like they're all young. And they're all fun, and they do like really crazy missions, and there's a lot of high energy, high high impact action. And that show drew me back into Star Trek. Like I was, I was completely done with Trek. I after the last the last movie with J.J. Abrams, I was like, this is well, no, he Justin Lin did the last movie, I believe. So the three, so two, the first two with J.J. Uh, Abrams were garbage to me. I didn't like them. I wasn't happy. Um, and it wasn't even the actors who did a bad job. I just think they were just too vanilla which is basically Abrams' uh, calling card, now that we know Star Trek Rise of Skywalker was so bad. But, um, not to mix the metaphor, the genres, but, I don't know. I'm giving Picard a couple more episodes before I want to pass judgment on it. I think sure. that we're getting, we're getting to the point where we're going to see some action, because, you know, we've got the Borg, the, that, that dead Borg ship that's going to be involved. That looks like fun. They were always... Is that the giant cube? The cube, yeah, the okay. Borg cube. That they were always the best villains on Star Trek: Next Generation. They were the the most ominous. They were scary. They were legit badass. And you know, just to think that you could get taken over by uh, a hive mind of cy- cyborgs and cut your arms and legs off and replace them with you know metal implants. I always thought that was pretty cool and scary when I was a kid, and it kind of still translates that way now as I'm an adult. So I'm hoping we get more involved with that storyline. Um, I Corey Thone, are you a Star Trek person, Corey? Does this make any sense to you? Now I know how it feels when I start talking about the dark saber to my wife. Well, uh, actually, so, no, that's a no. Yeah, I, I my, the only thing because I've seen a bunch of the movies, and I was like, yeah, the the best Star Trek movie is easily the first J.J. Abrams one, right? Because it's the only one that's in any way entertaining. And apparently, <laughs> I'm wrong. So fine. There's a long the first one's not bad, just like The Force Awakens, because Abram has, has revived Star Wars and Star Trek now, right? <laughs> just like The Force Awakens wasn't bad, I sure. enjoyed The Force Awakens. Yeah. His, the yeah. first Star Trek movie wasn't bad. And the, the, the one with the Star Trek with Cumberbatch was not, not my favorite, but awesome. it was whatever. Like I, When it's all said and done, I just think Star Trek is just like... For people who think they're better than TV, like oh, I mean, I really, you know, and I'm like oh yeah, you're real so fancy watching this guy in the worst makeup I've ever seen talk about philosophy. Yeah, this is real entertaining shit. And wash this down with a big glass of Doctor Who. Get out of my life. <laughs> they do have like a minimalist approach to the makeup, don't they? It's like yeah. again, like these are my. 60-year-old Star Trek hot takes, but, like, that's not a very elaborate-looking alien. Like, there's a little bit of forehead, and that's it. I will say about the age thing, like, my co-host on Take the Black Live is Mia Johnson, and before that was Cheryl Watson. They're both younger than me. They were both looking forward to Picard a lot. 
And I'm like, how do you know about this? I thought this is for older people. But maybe the younger set just loves Star Trek and loves Patrick Stewart. It's the it's the positive feedback from Discovery. That's why everybody like Discovery got a lot of people going back and watching the old like Deep Space Nine, which was really good. And like I said, the next like, generation. People told me that they like grew up watching Next Generation in reruns. It might have been a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, anyway, I, I don't want to spend too much time on Star Trek because obviously we have you know, phone. You're kind of you're kind of uh, hobbled when it comes to Star Trek. You don't you're not really into it, and that's cool. Actually, a lot, a lot of people aren't into it, but I will highly suggest because. The Discovery season three is coming up after Picard. That's going to be a goddamn good season. Um, both the first season and the second season are on uh, CBS All Access, and they're really, really good. Uh, Star Trek television. If you you don't have to be a Star Trek fan to be drawn in by Discovery, and they don't use a lot of that technical jargon like Picard does. They basically start from scratch, and you're kind of like, oh, this is why this happened. Oh, this is cool. So they kind of, you know, it's really, really cool. It's, it's is, something. Uh, is, C- is CBS All Access free? <laughs> no, no. Oh, well, then I won't be watching. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. There it is. Uh, okay, so let's move on. Um, Dan, I wanted to get right into Oscars, but before I do, I had, I saw something. I guess maybe it was last week where there was rumors of casting for the House of uh, the Dragon. What's that no. about? Um, it's a uh false thing because someone put out that they were casting for characters who aren't going to be in the show that they couldn't possibly know about it's a rumor i think we can just move it on they're not right, casting so for house of the dragon yet. well what they need to do is go over to winnerscoming.net and look at the dream casting yes, they do. <laughs> and uh check it out it's it's a lot of fun with the dream casting uh we we picked like 25 uh actors that we thought would fit into the game of thrones prequel house of the dragon and uh, i'm sure we uh Shot for the moon, maybe overshot, but um, yeah, a lot of fun. So go check it out. Now let's get into the. <laughs> that was a great segue, by the way, and I was hoping you pick up on that. Dan was clapping. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I don't know. You know what it sounded like to me? You know that children's toy that has the the two the two balls, and you you flip it back and forth, and they click clack. You know, click clack click clack click clack. Yeah, the clackers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what it sounded like to me. I thought someone legitimately had like a party toy. And I was like, that could have that's, been the case. yeah, that's weird. Anyway. All right, let's get into what we came to talk about tonight. The uh, 92nd Academy Awards. Uh, it's going to air. Is that on... what we came to talk about? Tonight? We came to talk about this. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Strap in. I should have watched a movie. <laughs> Here I am what? venting shrill like an idiot. <laughs> no, shrill's great. Shrill's great. Actually, that hair's great. Yeah. I've heard good things about it. Um, mainly from your wife. She talks about it. She loves it a lot. I really enjoy it. Uh, It's it's, uh, so easily bingeable. It's 25, 24-minute episodes in that range. Eight episodes a season. Like, you can get through it in a day, really, if you're a psycho. But it's, you know, for us, we don't watch that much TV back-to-back, and and we're about to be done with it in three days, four days, so. Nice. Yeah. I'll check it out. I wish there were uh, more uh, those shorter shows like that to binge. Too much hour-long stuff now. Yeah, I know. I just, it it's too much, man. I know. It's too much, man. Bojack Horseman, great show. It's on back now. <laughs> Didn't that end? Yeah. Yeah, it's the last thing. It's too much, man. But that's another topic. That's okay. also really good. I'm watching another that. I'm enjoying it. Cool. Anyway, All right. Well, um, let's get into the, the Academy Award noms. It looks like the, episode, the uh, Academy Award ceremony itself 
is going to be on February 9th. So that's coming up this weekend, correct? Yep. Yep. So um, let's talk about it. Corey Thone, I'm going to let you lead this discussion where you want to – I'm going to let you steer this. You are you are my. I always go to you. What, what your thoughts on uh, the Oscars are? Because you're pretty into it. You've got some great knowledge, and I hope I didn't set you up too well for this. But uh, oh, I mean, it's whatever. Uh, so do you want? Should we do the actual nominees first, and then talk kind of the snub conversation later? I think we just talk category by category. Okay, so we'll do category we, category. So yeah, yeah. jump in with best picture. Uh, and I think we're all looking at the same article. We all linked it in the chat so we can be on the same page. Uh, best picture. There were a couple ones that surprised me. Uh, I was surprised to see Parasite get a nomination. I didn't think that it would. I thought it was a little too weird. Same with Jojo Rabbit. That kind of came out of nowhere to me. Um, I actually haven't seen Jojo Rabbit because it was only playing in the indie theater in town for like a month. But uh, yeah, other than that, the I was those the other movies were the ones I expected. Ford vs Ferrari, Irishman joker which i feel like is only controversial on twitter i feel like most critics like joker (laughs) as evidenced by the massive amount of awards it keeps winning and then you get on twitter and it's like oh this movie sucked and it's like man did it because it kind of seems like it keeps winning a lot of shit Mm -hmm. uh little women once by a time in hollywood is my pick to actually win best picture because it's about hollywood so they're gonna gonna vote for that hollywood likes hollywood (laughs) Marriage Story uh, in 1917, although 1917, I think, could pick up a lot of momentum just being a war movie. They love that kind of shit. Uh, that'll win. That's my pick to win. That's, that's that was pick? my okay. pick as well. And, you know, they did 1917 like, uh, like you know, Miguel Sapochnik did uh, Battle of the Bastards. It's that one take, one shot through the entire movie type thing. Yeah, that, well, it's, yeah, it's, it's supposed to look like that, yeah. Go ahead, Dan, sorry. No, that was about it. Um I mean, the Joker stuff, yeah, it, 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 it is a little bizarre, like the amount of uh, Twitter outrage versus obviously the community loves it. I think the critics, I think, were more split. Like, it's got like 68% of Rotten Tomatoes, and I know it's not like a barometer of critical opinion, uh, like the, the end of it. But um, the establishment clearly is way into it. I think Joaquin Phoenix is a lock for best actor, right? Does anybody hear us agree with that? Um. Yeah, I would say I'd it's it, shock. He's win that. I would say he's the leading candidate. Let's put I'd it like say that. that. Yeah. Oh, I also want to lose. say um, about your Hollywood prediction. I, I could see it. I would think back to uh, La La Land versus Moonlight when La La Land was like the navel gazing. Let's make a movie about Hollywood movie, mm-hmm. and that it lost to the better, uh, more interesting movie that was about something else. Definitely um, was. Yeah, I'm was definitely. hoping that'll happen again here because I, I wasn't really a fan of what was happening in Hollywood. I think there's some better movies on this list that could deserve it more. I really liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> I would it was be, a good movie. I, I think that's going to win screenplay, uh, probably run away with it, honestly. And really? yeah, I wouldn't be surprised for Brad Pitt to win Best Supporting Actor. I agree with you uh, there. I think, yeah. um, I think Parasite might win screenplay. I'm pulling for that anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think that's like the that's for people like us uh, that are typically big nerds when it comes to. It's a trendy pick too. It's a trendy pick, but I, I mean, for no other scene alone than the the thirty five minute show within a movie with uh, DiCaprio, Oliphant, Luke Perry, mm-hmm. like that that scene there, that was to me that was Tarantino's best writing since Inglorious Bastards. 
uh, I, he's that, that whole, that whole movie was peak him and it, it hit a lot of his best strides. I was, I mean, I was, I went into it with fairly high expectations because of the cast and the topic. And I left, sure. I left impressed, uh, which is not what I can say for the Irishman. I went in with super high expectations and I, I, I felt a little let down, but I get why it's nominated because it is like, it is an achievement. I don't want to make a lot sure, of sure. it. Little women is a movie that a lot of people rank number one with like their most snubbed category, uh, which I just, I honestly think. And if you look at the director, I know we're jumping around, but if you look at the director sure. category, like the only one that I think you could make a case for replacing, like definite, like quote unquote, definitely would be Todd Phillips for Joker, and and that movie's nominated for every other category. I'm not surprised that he picked it up there because like Scorsese made a three hour epic, Tarantino made uh, his movie, Parasite right. 1917 are both super unique films. It's not like the category. It's not like in years past. I would say where the snub was felt harder because people were, that were uh-huh. not as talented were nominated you know what i mean yeah uh, i uh, i see what you're saying yeah you're right i mean the category directing category it is strong uh, you could take top films out and put in um Greta Gerber just i fine. think you could yeah. i mean i think that the academy awards the oscars i mean they are about you know what's the best movie i'm using air quotes here you can't see it but i am um it, it's also about optics it's also it's also about optics it's also about what hollywood wants to reward i mean they pick things that they think not only are good, but that like kind of have the message they want to send. And I think they would have, if they'd known they were going to get this kind of blowback or thinking, I think they would have gladly put in Greta Gerwig over one of these other people. Yeah, I think so too. Uh-huh. Uh, I, <laughs> I feel like with the Oscars, they, they well, we nominated Black Panther, so that should give us. <laughs> yeah. We, we bought some goodwill now. Yeah, I mean, it is, when it's all said and done, you know, Greta Gerwig made one of the better-reviewed movies of the year, uh, technically a sound, like a really good movie, you know what I mean? It's like, so like, yeah, it's it. just, it's it's kind of like, there are other categories, and we can move on from picture, I, by the way, Ford vs. Ferrari, did anybody even see that? I didn't no, see that. I did not. I, okay. I, I don't, and I don't plan to, that's a weird one to me, I, I, I uh, maybe it's not odd that it snuck in. It seems like the prototypical kind of dad movie, you know? It, it, yeah. it looks, it's about cards, it's about, you know, men being men, doing that kind of stuff, which is fine. I just didn't really have much interest in it. I don't think it's going to really take a lot of gold, but no, I, I don't maybe it at ninth spot. I have a feeling I'm worried that I'm going to miss, because I haven't seen it. Do you remember the movie Rush with Thor and uh, the other guy from Marvel? Um, what was is that? Was that a race car movie? Wasn't it? Yeah, it was a race car movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it had uh, the guy that played Zebo or whatever, and and uh, Thor in the two leading roles. And everybody said it was really good, and I was like, I just don't give a shit about cars, man. And uh, then I <laughs> then I actually saw it like on HBO. It was like this movie's the bomb. <laughs> and so I feel like I'm missing out on something with Ford vs. Ferrari. Maybe, like, it's uh, great. It could be wonderful. Yeah, I mean, the cast is certainly great. The people who made it are, are very good filmmakers. It's just like, I don't care about cars, man. Never have. I mean, like, when's the last time you watched a car, a car movie? I'll tell you the last time I watched a car movie was that movie with Adam Driver when they were, like, robbing a bank. They were robbing a speedway. It was an Adam Driver movie. It came out, like, two years ago. Other than that, I just don't watch, I don't watch race car movies. Like, Days the of Thunder. Ballad of Ricky Bobby is a is a pretty funny movie. 
That that movie should have won all the awards that year, right? Am I right? <laughs> so uh, the next one on our list here is, is supporting actress. Uh, this is a interesting category for sure. I would say uh, Richard Jewell, Kathy Bates, and Richard Jewell to, is. It always seems like whenever Eastwood makes a movie, they're going to throw a nomination toward that movie, <laughs> no matter what. And Kathy Bates is great as an actress. I haven't seen Richard Jewell because I was someone answered Smith's call for Christ's sake. Oh my God! Here we go. Let me adding and. He th- he thinks that if I if I keep going with the podcast, I- I'll answer his phone call, and I'm not going to do that. Let me throw him an invite real quick. I'm glad that, I'm glad you're here, Corey. How's your night going? Ah, better now that I'm here with you, wonderful gentlemen. Good. All right. Um, you know, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um. So Kathy Bates gets nominated for Richard Jewell, and to me that kind of came out of nowhere because that movie had a had maybe the best trailer of the year and then disappeared and because there was a lot of controversy around Brie Larson's character and stuff. Um, yeah, I'm not, even know not this surprised. Movie existed. Uh, the, seriously, if you haven't seen the trailer, go watch the trailer and it's great. And also the story of Richard Jewell in and of itself is fascinating. And uh, cause they, they totally did railroad that guy. Like it was, it was horseshit. Uh, but yeah, and other than that, the JoJo Rabbit nomination for Scarlett Johansson kind of came out of left field to me. The rest of them, I kind of expected. Um, sure. You know, it was. Uh, I don't know it. When it's all said and done, I really can't pick any of these because I honestly have only seen one of the movies. Uh, <laughs> Bombshell also, I guess to an extent, kind of surprised me, but at the same time, Margot Robbie is racking up award nominations every yeah. year, so. Yeah. Also, I, they look like the people. They really do. <laughs> Frighteningly. So uh, I think it'll go to Florence Pugh for Little Women, personally. I think she's going to win it. I'd be into that. I thought she was terrific. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anybody else have any thoughts on supporting actress? Nope. You're steering this ship, my friend. Go ahead. Okay. So on to the actor part. This is the one that, that you talk about a category that is just fucking stacked. Like, this is one of the densest categories I've ever seen. Well, maybe not ever, but in the last few years. Tom Hanks playing Mr. Rogers. Uh-huh. Anthony Hopkins playing one of the two popes. Al Pacino and Joe Pesci both in The Irishman. And then Brad Pitt and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like, that is – those are five legacy actors. Like, uh-huh. all all of these guys are – I mean, Joe Pesci, to an extent, maybe isn't A-list anymore because he retired for a long time. And only came back sure. to do some weird movies, but at the same time, he is legendary yeah, in and yeah. of himself. And uh, I think this goes to Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think he was uh, such a great role in that movie. I think Tom Hanks also is going to compete. I think the other ones are not. I don't think the, the other two. It's either going to be Tom Hanks or Brad Pitt, in my opinion. I don't know what you guys think. I think that Tom Hanks is going to give Pitt, Pitt a run for his money, honestly. I think Pacino and Pesci, like, okay, I enjoyed The Irishman, honestly, and they both did great in that movie, but who has three hours at a time to sit in front of Netflix and watch three hours of TV without getting disrupted and going to do other things? It took me, like, three nights to get for that movie, honestly, and usually <laughs> I'm not like that, but it took me three nights. Um, Anthony Hopkins, sure, and, like, you're right, the, the legacy actors in this movie, in this category, but Tom Hanks, maybe just for nostalgia's sake, gives brad pitt a run for his money but you're probably well, right 
And I don't know, does does Brad Pitt have an Oscar? That's the question. I know he's been nominated before for 12 Monkeys and maybe something else. I think no, he has he Oscars as like a producer or something, because I know he's in a lot oh, of... Oh, you're right. He produced 12 Years of Slave. not as an actor. I, I don't think so. So right. this this mm-hmm. does seem kind of like his to lose. Um, I agree with that, that, that Brad Pitt would, would be the guy to take it. I do like what Mia said on Take the Black Live. We were talking about this, that... um. That category, it seems like that could have been the category like 25 years ago. You're not wrong. No. Mm. I mean, <laughs> like, that's how legacy it is. There's not yeah. a lot of blood up there. I know, I know Hanks has two, Hopkins has one, Pacino and Pesci both have one. So, yeah, I think they all have one, but Pitt. Jesus and, Christ. Yeah. And he, uh, and Pitt too, uh, you know, he's had a bit of a personal hurdle i mean he's still a multimillionaire, so i mean whatever but he's had some he's had a rough go of it and i think this is kind of a bit of a breakout kind of comeback role for him too, back into the a-list spotlight kind of movie stuff so yeah i think that this is uh i think it's his i think it's his um yeah and, and, and he's a and he's a working actor people like him it seems so that really helps but man i i haven't watched the two popes yet uh but i'm very excited to eventually get to watch it because of the the fact that we just get those two actors Hopkins and uh, Jonathan Price, Price Jonathan Price just chewing mm-hmm. scenery for two hours I'm very that is my kind of shit I'm very is, is, um, is, is Jonathan Price um, pigeonholing his roles now is he like religious zealot and everything he does now he as was long as, as long as he's in a robe he'll be he'll be <laughs> in that movie and he'll be good and a power player yeah uh, foreign language film Parasite's probably going to win that right like yeah. it's nominated for best picture yeah. so. call that one right now don't see yeah. how it doesn't I will cut off one of my feet if it doesn't win oh god okay. you heard it here first I just want to get get some stakes going on this podcast we're excited <laughs> uh, I don't think Live any of us have seen on the podcast if you do it though yeah. shit just got real <laughs> yeah it's going to be convincing <laughs> We, I don't think any of us have seen a documentary short. So just going to skip that one. What is a documentary? I said documentary short, and the documentary feature. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't think any of have any of us seen any of these. Can we comment on them at all? Because I can't. I've seen anything that's on Netflix. Okay. <laughs> How to make a murderer? Then I really don't have time for it. If I were picking a winner based on the title, I think I would go with For Sama. That's mysterious. Ooh. Okay. Hey, I mean, great criteria right there. Yeah. Hey, I haven't seen them. What can I do? The cave, the cave is ominous sounding, so I'm going to go with that. I think The Edge of Democracy sounds like a movie that, you know, the libtards in Hollywood would... would <laughs> let's go, really let's go own some dims. Yeah. Take that, establishment. Uh, do you think Honeyland is about the death of the bees or prostitution? I actually, I'm going to guess bees. Bees. Uh, it is. It's bees. It is bees. Nice. You're right. Nice. It's got a 99% okay. on Rotten Tomatoes. Holy shit. Only three people have seen it, though. <laughs> they all really liked it, though. <laughs> uh, original original songs. I don't really care about any of these. I'm assuming it's going to go to either the song from Harriet or the song from Rocket Man since they snubbed the shit out of Rocket Man this year. They did! Oh, wow, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Uh, I think I'll into yeah. the unknown from Frozen Two. Come on, man! I Frozen. haven't I haven't seen Frozen Two. Frozen but... Two was surprisingly good. I, no, I'm I, sure I'm sure it's fine. I just yeah, whatever. Speaking of Frozen Two, snubbed from animated feature film category, which yeah. is next that on the list. Surprise. 
Was it snubbed, or yeah. are these movies just better? Well, Toy Story, the last one, was it really that great? Because I watched it. I don't remember being really that Actually, had no, I had no desire. It's not canon in my mind. Canon yeah, was the I, end of Toy Story 3. It was preach. perfect. Absolutely perfect. And this just felt... In, in a world of sequels that are cash grabs, this felt so cash grabby with something I was nostalgic about that I couldn't bring myself to watch it. It was it was pretty bad. I, it lifted the air out of the cells, honestly. I mean, for that, that's one of those categories where I'm like, I'm maybe this is all lore brilliant. I have a hard time believing Hollywood wouldn't give a nod to Frozen Two, just considering how huge a movie it is. Who cares if it's good? Like, it should be in here just based on the inertia of and the prestige voters. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't see this movie winning the award, but How to Train Your Dragon to uh, the Hidden World was really good too. Um, How to Train Your Dragon has low key been one of the best yeah. series of movies. It it's up there with Kung Fu Panda, and like these are all really good. <laughs> and Kit Harrington plays Jon Snow in the movie too. If you haven't watched it, so I haven't seen it. No, but the other dragons were great. I'm assuming this one was also good. I, I think the winner though is going to be Klaus. I don't know what you guys think. About I don't know. <laughs> Klaus. Klaus. Yeah. Isn't that how you say it, Klaus? Klaus, is it, is, yeah. My daughter wasn't a fan for whatever. That's oh, wait, 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 wait. We do have an expert. Your daughter's right. We, we can go with what we she got liked. about five minutes into Klaus before it was back to Blippy. So, well, then, well, there you go. Klaus yeah. was no good. Sorry, 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 Klaus. Klaus. Yeah, <laughs> so for uh, adapted screenplay, you know, this is another category that I think is going to be that's tough Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Little Women, The Two Popes, and Joker. Uh, what I, is Joker honestly, adapted from? Just like DC Comics, comics? I guess. Okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not. It's not like an. It has to be like an. This one. It has to be an original idea that they came up with. So yeah. even if it's like based on historical events, sort of like the Irishman. No. You know what I mean? It, it like that was actually based on a book. So yeah, it can't be anything that they're copying. So I guess they're like a billion Joker stories out there. Must have drawn from some of them. I mean, I think that Little Women is the obvious winner for this category. Just like prestigious book, you know, hundreds of years old, beloved story. Innovative way to do it too. Like right. the other movies um were more straightforward. This one was fragmented. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's the front runner for me. And I, yeah, I don't, don't sleep on Jojo Rabbit in this category though, because I've been hearing a lot of good stuff about that in this. And plus, I mean, Taika is the director, or screenplay by Taika, so, you know, it's legit. Yeah, you I guys are like just blowing smoke. It's got to be Joker. You think? I don't know. <laughs> I think Little Women would, would do it, but I vote Little Women. I, I I mean, I think Little Women probably should win, or at least win over Joker, but I just feel like any category that Joker and Little Women is in, they're going to give it to Joker. But that's that <laughs> okay. up. They were thinking about that now because they got the that was my question. nominations, and now that they're going to vote, I, I'm some might be thinking about uh, we can't do that. That was my that was my whole question: is if they snub direct female for director, are they going to hand out little women in other categories, or are they going to uh, actually go with Joker all the way? Because because I mean I've not watched Little Women, so I can't speak to how good it is. But Dan, you've talked about it, and Corey Bone, you've talked about it, so I've heard good things about it. Um, but Joker was really damn good, man. It really was. Nah, it's not going to win best screenplay. I, uh, I think Dan's right. Joker, Joker was driven by uh, cinematography and performance. I think. Um, I, I really got to give Todd Phillips some credit. I mean, true. I mean, he did direct it, obviously, but it's the I don't know. 
how else to really describe it, but like the, the, the world they built there was, I mean, it was an interesting world that they built yeah. in that movie. And I didn't know he had it in him, to be honest. <laughs> Neither did I. Who would have the Hangover 3 guy would do this? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, original screenplay, also a very tough category. Uh, Marriage Story is, I just, I, I really like, uh, oh God, Noah Baumbach, right? That's who wrote that. Um, yeah. I, I, I love that guy. I don't think he has an Oscar yet. He's due. But Once My Time in Hollywood, Parasite, Knives Out, one of the biggest snubs of the year, in my opinion. Yes. yes. And 1917. I think it's going to, I think that it's either Tarantino or Ryan Johnson going to, well, actually, I say that, but this could be the category where Parasite gets a major award if That's it's going to win one. What I'm thinking, I think they might give it to Parasite with this one, which was a really fun screenplay and, you know, different and totally new. Um, whereas Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was pretty navel-gazy and Marriage Story is a pretty tried and tested thing. But, I mean, you're right. This one could go in any number of directions, but I think Parasite would be the fun award to give it to here. Yeah. And I, I think there should be something, too, to say for Knives Out being so yeah. unique and original and, and and being such a hit for being uh, an original movie that is in the style it's in. I agree. I, I can't believe it wasn't on Best Picture I just, mm. or for Best Supporting Actress. I'm still – we'll get to snubs later. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be I, – I can narrow out – I can rule out 1917 and Marriage Story. It's those three, Hollywood, Parasite, Knives Out. I think, I think honestly, it's going to come down to Parasite and Hollywood. I think Knives Out will just get kind of pushed to the side. And Tarantino already has two screenplay awards, which I think uh-huh. works in the favor of Parasite and Ryan Johnson. But we'll see. I think uh, it'll be Hollywood, and I think I'll be sad about it. Yeah, I mean, I it's that's fair. I, again, I think Hollywood is probably one of my top five movies of the year. But I, I really like that flick. But I, I really like most things he makes. Shit. Man, that is I mean just just okay, saying that's strong, but I did not yeah, like it. If we talk strong. about it we can discuss it later, maybe. Yeah, maybe maybe so. Uh well yeah, I would say the only movie on here that I think sucks sucked that I'm like, why the fuck is this nominated for shit is Toy Story Four and I didn't see it. So uh <laughs> And there you go. Uh actor in leading role, we're getting to the big ones now. Uh did, did anyone even hear of Pain and Glory starring Antonio Banderas before I it was nominated? I honestly no, I thought I Antonio not. Banderas was dead, so <laughs> There you go. You think everybody is dead? <laughs> I'm, I'm suffering some major um, Mandela effects. Was like Val Kemmer's alive? Like, yeah, he's alive. Yeah. I mean, Kemmer. honestly, we know this is just a makeup nomination for his role as Puss in Boots. In the <laughs> uh, DiCaprio, uh, he, uh, you know, he, I thought he was great. He's not going to win this one. Uh, Adam Driver is great. I haven't seen Marriage Story, but I've seen all the clips. He looks like he's very convincing. Jonathan Price, two popes. He's a legacy actor. I don't know if he has an Oscar, which is the only thing I think could be really working in his advantage there. He but does not. He does not but, have one. I'm not sure he's like big enough as a legacy actor that's to true. think that they need to give him one in the first place. That's true. Then again, well, like Olivia Coleman won. I mean, she was kind of an under the radar one, so anything's possible. But um, as I said before, I'd be. I will cut off the other foot if Joaquin Phoenix doesn't win. <laughs> yeah, Phoenix Phoenix is the favorite by a mile on this. And, I mean, if anything from Joker should win anything, it would be his performance. So, Agreed. Right in for Taron Egerton will win that one. 
Yeah, well, and we'll get the snubs here in a minute, but yeah, I, I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, we'll get there because um, I I have very strong opinions on the Queen movie as well, uh, which won so many awards. Uh, actress in a leading role. There were a couple of head scratchers here for me. This is a weird category. <laughs> uh, the, okay, Cynthia Arivo, uh, I guess they say it for Harriet. I didn't even know there was a Harriet Tubman movie, and I I watch trailers constantly. I love movie trailers. I didn't see the trailer until the day before the Oscars were announced. I didn't even know it was out. Had anyone else? Was anyone else aware of the Harriet Tubman movie? I, I'd seen I, one trailer for it. There was one coming, but it completely passed me by when it actually came out. And the thing is, too, I, when it did, it didn't get a huge release, and it didn't get the best reviews. Like, it yeah. didn't get bad reviews, but it didn't get, like, great reviews, you know what I mean? And So that one kind of was weird to me. That one, I don't know. I don't want to be that guy. It kind of felt maybe, because I don't want to take anything away from Cynthia Erivo, because I haven't seen the movie, so I can't comment on it, I guess, I should say. I'll just stop. Uh, (laughs) for the best. Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. So she gets two nominations in one cycle in a year where she has said some things that weren't great. (laughs) And... (laughs) So this that 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 was a big trend on Twitter when nominations were announced. I expected her to get nominated for Marriage Story, though. I did not expect it for Jojo Rabbit, but uh, yeah, I agree with that. Jojo it's... Rabbit, the movie about a Nazi uh, family. So yeah, well, Jojo Rabbit, a movie about a guy, a kid whose imaginary friend is Adolf Hitler, right? Yep. Played by Taika Waititi. Um, so is it Sertia? Is that how you say her name? I think right. it's. I, I'm not going to say it. Go ahead. Whatever. Miss Ronan. <laughs> yeah, Miss Miss Ronan. Little Women, obviously. I think everyone expected that one. Sure. Uh, Renee Zellweger for Judy. What the shit is this? What is this nonsense <laughs> that mean, you are that pushing on is us? the easy... I mean, th- that is the Hollywood Prestige thing. Like, she plays a famous icon who died tragically and is very associated with Hollywood. It's... That movie is exists to get Oscars for the right. actress, and it gets the one. thing is it gets it gets zero nominations except lead actress. Yeah, that, but... that's so weird to me that there's two of those in this category. <laughs> yeah, and and then Charlize Theron for Bombshell, which again, Renee did win the BAFTA, I think, for uh, best actress. So people do they like have just like a knee jerk instinct to reward portrayals of a uh, dead Hollywood icons. I think that is a powerful force. In Hollywood. <laughs> Good point. I just, uh, you know, Lupita Nyong'o was so good in us. And I didn't yeah. think us, I didn't think us was perfect by any means. I think if you go back, we talked about it on the podcast. I said, I didn't, I didn't love the movie, but she was far and away, like just the best part of it. And I don't understand that snub at all and we we haven't talked other snubs obviously but um god this just feels so weird that you know judy gets nominated i don't get it <laughs> i think it's the it's trailers crazy. look terrible i mean it's supposed to be i didn't see it to be fair to Ms. Wugger. i mean it, it's supposed to be a, a mediocre movie but i think a best 
actress nomination for an Oscar was why the movie was made in the first place. Like, that's exactly the kind of movie that gets a Best Actress nomination. Right. So, I think, fair. I think I get it. I think it's undeserved, but I think I get it. And by the way, it is it is not the it's not lost on me, people listening, that uh, we haven't seen eighty percent of these movies yeah, as a group, uh-huh. and we're talking about them. But it's our podcast, and suck it. We'll do it. We'll talk about what we want. Yeah, uh, getting up to the to director. This is we already mentioned Greta Garwick's snub, but Scorsese for The Irishman, Tarantino for Hollywood, Bong Joon Ho for Parasite, Sam Mendes for nineteen seventeen, Top Phillips Joker. Uh, to me, this one is. Pr- I think this one would either go. To- I think it's gonna go to Mendez if I had to pick one. I do too. I yep. think they will try to thread the needle a bit and uh, not go for the controversial pick, which would be Joker. Hmm. Um, and the Irishman was just too meh to really give it to. I agree with you, but the seventeen. It's like, uh, like, cause, you know, because it, it's like a big technical achievement, right? They love that. It's a good movie too, but um, it is an easy pick. You know, a war happened a hundred years ago. It's safe to reward it. But see, this is where nineteen seventeen gets me. Is uh, the two leads in that movie, one which was Dean Charles Chapman who played Tommen in Game of Thrones. Uh, this was their time to shine, and they weren't nominated for anything. And the other, guy, I, I don't know, I don't know the, the name of the other lead who ended up being the main lead in the movie, but he he acted his ass off, and if, and Reading some of the um, the interviews with uh, Chapman and this God, I can't remember his name, his co-star, they were talking about how hard it was and how they had to train to do this one take, you know, one shot, big movie, and it really was. It wasn't just a gimmick type movie. It played on your emotions. It, it was exciting, edge of your seat, great storytelling, and it was just to me, it, it, ba- it baffles me that no actors from that movie got nominated. Which there will only be two anyway, but still. And that rant is over. Yeah, I mean, it's sorry, I was texting honestly, but we, uh, you know, I I think that 1917 is one of those movies that's bigger than the actors in it. Sure. Uh, it it's more of an experience than a character-driven thing. I mean, I know the characters are important, obviously, but I mean, it's kind of like I don't know, Saving Private Ryan or whatever. Like, I'm sure that uh Hanks and and Damon got nominated for that. I don't know off the top of my head, but really that movie was more an ensemble right. than anything else. But yeah. uh so we'll skip production design cuz who gives a shit. Uh cinematography, I mean 17 that, sure. Yeah, it'll be 1917 probably. Costume design for little women or maybe once a time in Hollywood cuz they had some fabulous outfits in that for sure. Yeah. 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 But I mean little women, that's the kind of movie that usually wins that that category. Sound I'm glad movie. that uh, the lighthouse is in cinematography. It's really fast because that was a nice looking movie. Yeah, and that's that's kind of a snub to Willem Dafoe. I think as someone yeah. who just got yeah. lost, he got lost in the shuffle of great performances this year. We already talked about how stacked the supporting actor category is. There's other people, you know, that also got snubbed as well. I mean, shit. Let's be honest. If we're gonna talk snubs real quick, uh, Shia LaBeouf for Honey Boy, or for Peanut mm-hmm. Butter Falcon. Either one of those he could have been nominated for this in any other year, and this year he just kind of gets lost in the shuffle. Both those movies got great reviews. Uh, they just didn't make the cultural impact maybe that uh, to, to pick up a nomination necessarily. Right. Uh, we'll skip down a little bit. I don't really want to get into all of these. Yeah, I understand. Sound editing. 
Yeah. Uh, Who knows? You can't. I can't. I don't know. <laughs> uh, shout out to Avengers Endgame picking up its one nomination for visual effects. Talk about snubs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, if we're gonna talk about snubs, I kind of want. I I am surprised Endgame wasn't nominated for Best Picture. I they could they they could have fit it in there. It could have been a nice homage to the fact that this twenty two movie series had come to a critically and commercially satisfying end, and they left it out. I thought that was weird. But uh, what about yeah, what about R R D J getting snubbed? Uh, didn't R D J actively tell them not to to do a four year consideration campaign for him? Like he didn't want it. I'd heard that, but that's why he gets nominated. Honestly, <laughs> that's that's very true. Uh, so so let's talk snubs. We've already mentioned several, like the Pityongo, uh, Little Women, Greta Gerwig. What about Jennifer Lopez for Hustlers, Best Sporting Actress? Yes. Did anybody see Hustlers? Great movie. That's yeah, I, it was fun. Yeah, I she you know when I look at the category for actress in a supporting role. I mean, you've already got Scarlett Johansson nominated for Best Actress, so I mean, you could take her out, replace her with, you know, uh, J Lo. Also, I mean, look, I like Laura Dern, and I liked her in Marriage Story, but was it really that remarkable performance? I mean, yeah. I would put Jennifer Hudson Lopez, sorry, uh, Jennifer Hudson too. It's great, Jennifer yeah. Lopez uh, in there over Laura Dern, probably. Jennifer, Jennifer Hudson for Cats, right? You would put yeah, her totally. in over as lead actress, <laughs> and just nominate Jennifer Hudson for Best Picture. Yes. Uh, so yeah, A twenty four studios too uh had a rough had a rough night. <laughs> I don't know uh if you guys are aware of, of A twenty four kind of what they've been doing these last few years, but they've made some of the best movies <laughs> that like t- super nerds like. Um let's see. This this year, so twenty nineteen, uh you know, it included oh, I'm on the wrong list. Uh, just a second. Sorry. Well, uh, Uncut was Gems it, was, it, was one of theirs. Uncut what, Gems. What about Knives Out? Was it Knives Out one of theirs? Yeah, Knives Out was A24, I believe, as well. Yeah. Um, just a second. I'm sorry, my computer's really slow. Uh, while, you're, while you're looking that up, let me just say about Uncut Gems. Like, I honest to God thought that we were going to see an Adam Sandler nom. Well, movie. I mean, honestly, that's that's one of the snubs out on my list. Uh, Adam Sandler and... Uh, Eddie Murphy for Dolomite is my name Two performances that got lots of buzz when they came out and just kind of Peter Eddie Murphy's kind of petered off to an extent, but there was, you know, the Sandler buzz was big and he also promised famously, I'm sure you guys know that if he didn't get nominated for best actor, that he would make the worst movie ever made in retaliation. (laughs) So after the Oscar nominations came out a few weeks later, he signs another four-year, two hundred million dollar or four-film, two hundred million dollar contract with Netflix. So and they're all going to be awful. Cannot wait to see that shit. Yeah, um, but you know the crazy thing about Sandler is when he plays a, a serious role, he's actually really, really good. Yeah, it, that's it, that's, I mean, that's, that's he what catches a lot of shit for he he catches a lot of shit for his his shitty films as he should as he should, and I think even he would probably be the first to admit. But I mean, like when he plays some of these more serious roles, it's it's kind of crazy how well he can do. I mean, like Funny People or Spanglish or um, Punch Drunk Love's really good. Punch, yeah, Punch Drunk Love. He yeah. plays just a really Happy Gilmore. <laughs> Happy Gilmore, yes. <laughs> but guy. seriously, that's why he didn't get nominated. Is no, because... it is, and it's yeah, kind of, yeah. that's kind of bullshit because it's like 
I don't understand why they would hold that against him because if you see his his other roles, it's like, I mean, yeah, Punch Drunk Love is him. I mean, he just plays this taut, like just looking like he's going to explode at any second guy, and it's just such a you know what I mean. And it's so kind of weird that they penalize him for like that remote movie or the <laughs> the collar. The, the, the yeah, they penalize it for Jack and Jill and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it's like, I mean, so what if the guy wants to make some shitty movies and get paid $50 million by Netflix for him? Um, if he can still act his ass off in a movie like Uncut Gems, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, on the flip side of that, though, an Oscar nomination, you know, really validates someone who does dramas, right? And can be a, a totally life-changing, career-changing thing, even just a nomination. So someone like Adam Sandler, who didn't get nominated and signed a $200-plus dollars contract with Netflix, wh- why should he even care? No, um, I don't think he'll oh, care. I, I don't think he does. He absolutely he cares. The, the, hang on. I, he I agree. I think he absolutely cares. cares. He oh. wanted that. I mean, he didn't make that joke. That joke was like it was lighthearted, but there was truth in that. He wanted he would love to have that validation. You know, Eddie Murphy got nominated for Dreamgirls and he didn't win because Norbit came out in January and it reminded everybody how many shitty movies Eddie Murphy had made over the years. So they gave the Oscar to Alan Arkin instead. And, you know, yeah. it, it just they they weren't going to nominate Sandler and have his next Farty McFart Fart movie come out. Immediately after he gets nominated or even wins an Oscar, they just weren't going to do it. And yeah, I know that, that, I, that sucks. It's not fair necessarily, but I you think know, it, I think what it boils down to, and I think you said it, but I think they don't want Adam Sandler Academy Award winner Jack and Jill three. Yeah, you know, well, they don't want they don't want their name on the poster for those types of movies. Is what it really is, and it, it you know what I mean? Like they just don't want to be associated with those kinds of movies and it's kind of shitty because skill wise he deserves an oscar but so what's he gonna do is he gonna go make uh uncut gems too that's a joke if you didn't see the end of uncut gems it's a real big joke okay if you just hopefully you didn't just spoil the movie for everybody but all right oh come on considering it's a movie that has only been in certain theaters have, and didn't have you been have you been on this podcast before I'm just saying. <laughs> and I just, you just spoiled everybody. All right, that so just just to, just to remind everybody of the movies that <laughs> A24 has made to get back on track here. Uh, Moonlight was the one best picture. since, And they made a lot of movies since then, but some of the, the highlights out of that, The Florida Project, which is great, Killing of a Sacred Deer, Lady Bird, The Disaster Artist, uh, let's see, How to Talk to Girls at Parties, Hereditary, which was a snub. A couple years ago, eighth grade, which was a huge snub in my opinion, last year, um, for at least for uh, screenplay. This year, they had uh, the last black man in San Francisco, Midsummer, The Farewell, uh, The Lighthouse, and Uncut Gems. All came out this year, along with other movies, and none of them. Mid, not even Midsummer, you know, which which was this year's Hereditary. Like everybody's yeah. trying to get it nominated. The Farewell, which won like what was nominated for Golden Globes, BAFTAs, all that stuff, Independent Spirit Awards, didn't get nominated. They just kind of got lost in the shuffle there as a as a studio, and it's kind of weird because they've been. I mean, they have a Best Picture winner in their back pocket as a smaller studio already, so uh-huh. that was strange. I've already mentioned Honey Boy, which again, if you haven't 
seen or looked into that movie, I'd highly recommend it. And Peanut Butter Falcon, two Shia LaBeouf projects that were both just excellent movies, man. Like, kind of surprised they didn't get it. Um, does anybody else have one off the top of their head? Obviously, Hustlers, we already kind of talked about that. But in sure. general, Hustlers was getting award consideration for other things besides J-Lo. Uh, oh, and you know what? I'm going to throw one to Booksmart. I think Booksmart... Uh, for at least for screenplay or maybe for Beanie Feldstein for best actress or something. I, I kind of expected that didn't get it, but uh, yeah. Other people that's, talk now for Christ's that's sake. That's because the voters are, um, I, I would like to see a, uh, some kind of analytics for how the age pool the voters are, because honestly you just rattle off a bunch of great projects, great movies and what do they all have in common. It's, it's an age thing. Maybe, sure. you know, do you remember? Do you remember uh, the story that Alec uh, Alec Baldwin told? I think it was on Howard Stern several years ago now, but it, it was it made big news at the time, where he said that there is one guy that's that's part of a, a there's a there's a group a block of voters right, and they're all seventies and up. Some of them pushing ninety, and there's cool. one person that watches whatever movies he wants to watch. And then tells them what to vote for, and that whole block just votes whatever he says to vote for because they don't have time wow. or the energy to watch all the movies anymore. I mean, I know the Academy tried to expand membership a couple of years back, like including younger people, more people of color, more women, to diversify the lineup and to get fresher voices in it. But I mean, that kind of thing just doesn't take effect um, in one year. That's it, it is going to be unless they find a way to declare all the very elderly adamant voters senile or kill them. <laughs> I mean, that's just going to be the reality of, I think, how votes work in an organization like the Oscars, where you have this system and you kind of live and die by it. Well, the right. problem with that is, is you, we mentioned this earlier in the podcast is we had Black Panther last year and this year a woman got snubbed from, for director. So they took a step back. You know, I understand that Black pa- why Black Panther got nominated last year. You know, they were like, "Is okay, it last it was, year? Was it, was it last year? year? It doesn't matter. I know what you go. Go ahead. I know what you, you know. Think. What I'm saying, and and then all of a sudden we're taking another step back because we didn't nominate any women, and and then that's that's one of we talked. You also mentioned how Twitter has a lot of these trending topics, and then you get off Twitter and you're like, "Oh, I don't see this anywhere else." You know, like Twitter was right on top of this. Like they were right to be outraged. Um, you know, and and for no for no other reason. And little women from hearing everything you guys have talked about, from reading the articles about it, from watching the trailers. Like, I don't know why we didn't have that this year, but whatever. Step backs, I guess. What do you think about uh, the Rocket Man subs, particularly for Best Actor Tara Negerton? Yeah, I think we need to talk about that too because uh, Bohemian Rhapsody sucked dicks. Yeah, I mean, and uh, I fucking hate that movie. And uh, and I hate and I don't hate Rami Malek like as an actor. But putting on giant veneers and lip syncing shouldn't get you a Best Actor nomination uh, and or a win, excuse me. And then Taron Edgerton actually doing scenes with a man, uh, which, you know, they shied away from a lot of that in Bohemian Rhapsody. They shied away from all the things that make Queen controversial. Uh, sure. Still just pisses me off. Uh, but, yeah, Rocket Man was a fine movie. Movie was fine. It was a lot of fun. But right. Taryn, in general, getting snubbed is crazy to me. Because what else do they love more than 
someone singing in a movie about a famous singer. <laughs> They've nominated. Well, for one, Elton John's not dead. Good point. He is not <laughs> I mean, dead. That's very true. <laughs> Here we go. I mean, I'm being song. serious. I, I mean, if he, if he was dead, I think that he would have had more nominations. I mean, look at, I mean, Queen. I mean, that's part of it was that that he's dead. So, um, I mean, I don't know. And I also wonder how much of it was a, we gave him the nomination for doing the biopic on a, on a singer last year. We're not going to do that every year. I think that was part of it. You know what I mean? Did Joaquin Phoenix win for Johnny Cash? No. Johnny Cash, he didn't? Okay. All right. Never mind then. No. What's her name won? Didn't, but I think what's her name won for supporting actress, didn't she? Reese. Yeah, she did. Yeah, lead so, actress, not sports. Lead actress. Actor. Okay, right. so, my bad. So, uh, but yeah, I think that was part of it. Was just like we don't want. Uh, I don't want to say like encourage you guys to keep making these music biopics, but I think that was part of it. Like, okay, you did Queen, now you did Elton John. Like, are you? Is that what we're just gonna do now? Or I don't know. Didn't so, Jamie Fox something win along for those Ray lines. best actor? I think. Yeah, Ray. Jamie yeah. Fox won for Ray in '04. And then walk the line, and it's like it was set a precedent because they made that movie. Ray Charles was alive before it came out; he died. Yeah. And then the next year, the next year they made Walk the Line. Johnny Cash was still alive before it came out; he died. So, uh, you know, when they start making biopics about musicians now, I'm always like, oh, they're gonna die because. Well, that's what's gonna happen. Entire cast of cats. <laughs> yeah, and obviously a whole different podcast could be us talking about like the 10 biggest Oscar swings and misses this year because <laughs> Cats obviously would be at the top of that list. Yikes. But there were there were there were lots of those this year. Aren't uh, they making a Hamilton movie? Yeah. No, they are uh, no, they are going to like uh record the live performance and put it in theaters. And they're not they making They already like, did. Uh, okay. They already yeah. recorded it. Um, like, I think they recorded it like a year ago, they said. It was like the last, it was one of the last performance of the original cast. Yeah, well, that was a Mino Miranda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before they, they all kind of split and went went their own separate ways. Like, they've already recorded it, so I don't understand why it's not coming out till next yeah. year. But, yeah, they already did that, and that's like... But it's not like a Hamilton-like movie, like, we're going to go make it, which they should do, but there's there's a weird thing with Hollywood musicals that takes them, like, uh, like decades to get to the screen. Like, Cats has been around for over 30 years. Phantom of the Opera was around for, like, 20 years before it got to the screen. They, they could have waited a little longer for Cats, um, my humble Or a opinion. lot shorter. <laughs> I mean, Wicked should already be a movie. I don't know Wicked why they have Wicked has been out for, dec- for, like, over a decade next movie. Yeah. Yeah. Mormon, yeah. Mormon. It's it's, it's all of a subject, really. But <laughs> I'm trying well, to. Just on the on the cat's tangent here, guys. You, trying to do. Do you guys remember that the Goldfinch came out this year? <laughs> what? Was yeah. that? Oh, that one with the kid in the museum and shit. Yeah, yeah. That was a huge. That was supposed to be a big Oscar contender, and it was a huge bomb. Uh, along with cats and uh, Richard Jewell, and and did that. Was, did that Marwin movie come out this year too? The one with yes, Steve Carell? Uh, Escape yes. to Marwin or something like yeah, that. So, yeah, so yeah, that's that's a fun podcast we could do later to talk about movies that were that they could tell when they were making it, they were like, 
yeah, this and this scene, this is gonna be the one they show at the Oscar clip. And <laughs> let's get Steve Carell and Gwendolyn Christie crying together in Marwin. Yeah. To be right, fair, so... it doesn't like that one was twenty eighteen. But Oh, was it? Okay, deal. see fair enough. I couldn't remember if it was this year or last year. But I mean, you know, it that's it just means it was happening like that last time. Sure. Uh all right. I, I think we've done our Oscar talks. Uh, what do you guys think? Did we all agree on Best Picture winner? Or did I said, we... I said uh, 1917 is my guess. Although what I want to win, like, okay, so how about that? Like, uh, what we think will win, what we want to win. Yeah, there you so go. I think that 1917 will win. I want Little Women to win. Mm. Okay. What about you, David? 1917. What do you want to win? Uh, 1917. Smith, uh, I think what will win is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, but I would love to see something like Parasite win, um, just because the whole subtitle thing and it being a foreign film, I think that would be kind of awesome just for that. Okay. You can't say genre, calling foreign films a genre. I mean, but, it's got no, its own you, Netflix tab. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is this the next movie that's going to be made into an American version, or do they, do they leave it? Can we get Josh Brolin in this one too, <laughs> <laughs> and Scarlett Johansson? Please, yeah. I, those, <laughs> those movies give me nightmares. But um, yeah, I just that would be. I think that would be pretty awesome if, if a movie like that could win because it just you know there's so so many good foreign films and foreign TV shows out there that people don't give any kind of chance because of subtitles which is pretty shitty Mm -hmm. um and so i'd love to see a movie like that win to kind of maybe open it up a little bit i don't know in the long run if it would because like we were saying kind of sometimes change in these things takes more than just one win here or there but i'd love to see a movie like that win so none of us have picked joker then is that what we're saying no i don't think joker's win best picture i think i think it'll be 1917 i don't think it'll win best picture I, I think, think they. I think they know. I think they kind of know better than to to <laughs> let Joker <laughs> to, win Best Picture. To, to anger Twitter will be so mad. At them. Yeah. yeah they, oh my I god. Mean, the, the meltdown. The Green Bug didn't win Best Picture last year over Black Klansman or any of those other movies. Mm. Uh, well, Green Book was bad though. Yeah. Like, I think 1917 is like the safe choice. Like if you. Yes. There's exactly. nothing controversial about it. You can't. You know it. The only thing controversial about it is that it's another war movie, you know right. what I mean? But, like, you can't say that there's anything in there that people would just be like, oh, my God, you know what I mean? But, like, with Joker, there's the whole incel argument and that whole, you know, that everything that goes with that. So I think that they know a little bit better than to, to give it to Joker. Um, but... I think the two safe bets are 1917 and Little Women. They're both – 1917 is a is a, you know – big action historical drama little women is historical and already famous and a known property and all, all the snub conversation that came with Greta Gerwig and stuff they right. might nominate that I think that the dark horse is once upon a time in Hollywood because it is about Hollywood it is well right. received that's, yeah that's why I was saying is because it's it's about Hollywood they love to kind of you know what I mean pat themselves on the back sort of sure. type thing but and, it, it is just weird enough that it, I think it might 
un I think it, you know, sure. It, it's, it's still, still a Tarantino. Tarantino. Movie. Yeah. Right. It's still Tarantino. <laughs> but I can just see some of those. I mean, we're just talking about how those guys, you know, a lot of voters are 70, 80, 90 years old. So I can see a lot of them thinking, <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember working or knowing that, guy, you know what I mean? That kind of right. thing. And kind of the nostalgia factor pushing them over the edge for that. So I don't know. All right. I can see, so, uh, I can, I can see the irony kind of a safe choice too. If you want to like reward like a legacy filmmaker, kind of kind of making the same movie he made back in the '90s, but still doing it competently for three and a half hours. I mean, it was it it was competent. I wouldn't call it. I'd put it. I don't know, like fourth or fifth as far as his best movies. Yeah, same. I you mean, know? don't forget he did win Best Picture and Best Director for The Departed already too. Yeah, right. Yeah, so you don't have yeah. to nominate him, and I mean, not nominate, give him give the him win because yeah. he's already a legendary filmmaker and he's got his Oscars. And yeah, I don't, I didn't. It was great. I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was fun, and you know, I I liked it, but I wouldn't have put it up there with. It didn't have quite the electricity that like Casino or Goodfellas or or you know, um, The Departed had. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I agree. I'm just saying that it could be a safe choice if they want to steer clear of controversy. Right. Well, yeah, and I could I could see that. And I think and I think the other movie that you have to say, like, well, this also, you know, could is is a marriage story because yeah. it's a very straightforward character driven, you know, movie. And I'm trying to remember off. I'm looking it up now. I can remember off the top of my head, but I do remember uh, th- they've done that before when they've had other kind of boundary pushing movies and then given the best picture to Kramer versus Kramer in the 19- third story is basically a remake of kind of. Yeah. Over- I mean, I liked it a lot, but it, it was like, this is, this is very Kramer versus Kramer. Like down. And it's like Kramer versus Kramer is a good movie. I'm not saying totally. it's not, I'm just saying that when you have apocalypse now and all that jazz, not and breaking away right that year nominated yeah right here so those are like three i think those are three better movies i never saw norma ray i can't comment on it but um yeah so they're not afraid to or maybe they uh-huh. you could say they are afraid have everyone look at it to go with the truly safe choice of the movie marriage story colon white people problems so it was meryl streep's breakout role they had no choice but to stand <laughs> all right uh, so i, I think we're good on Oscar yeah, okay. stuff if, if okay, you guys okay. are uh i know that smith had a topic he wanted to talk about oh did you smith cool great and great job smith. brilliant you are a genius you are a podcasting god jesus the one time that we throw you a conversation you literally oh, no. shit the bed oh is he cutting it out no, he's got no, his no, mic no. on mute. I have my mic on mute. <laughs> I was just taking a shot of tequila. Did y'all want to hear that? Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I submit I into evidence to the court that Corey Smith is here as an agent of chaos. I mean, he disrupts every podcast he comes on. We have no choice but to stand. <laughs> we have no choice but to stand this. <laughs> Anyways, uh, moving on. Uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about Justified. Woo! Uh, woo. Right. Just uh, Hulu, I guess, just they struck a deal with FX. Like, FX had their own little streaming app, and they, I guess nobody's watching it, so they, they said, fuck it, and they sold all their shit to Hulu. 
uh, to stream. So I finally got to watch Justified, and it's pretty good so far, except for he's murdering everybody he comes into contact right. with. And, and how far season? how far into the show are you? Uh, I just got into season two last right. night. So, so that'll that'll all change soon. I mean, he yeah. still shoots people periodically, but... No, it, I mean, it, he literally had a conversation last night where he's like, listen, I'm trying not to shoot everybody. I'm trying to, like, arrest someone every once in a while. And he said, I'm trying really hard. And so he did end up arresting somebody. So that was a nice change of pace. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying the show. I, I know it's the show you guys have always mentioned as one of the better premiered, you know, TV shows out there. But it was always, I think it was on Amazon Prime or something. Yeah. Um, and so I never had access to it. So I'm enjoying kind of. I watched that show through. week to week when it was coming out every night, every week on FX. That is too. I, I did too. It, I went from The Shield to Sons of Anarchy to Justified. Yeah, and it's got you know it it shares some DNA with those shows, um, especially like if you if you ever dive into I I kind of notice like the directors and some of the the producers and and stuff like that it shares a, a lot of the same DNA. But um, and then obviously Walton Goggins, who's on yes, all, he's, all he's three the connecting of, thread. <laughs> yeah, he's on all three of those. Um, uh, series so and he's fucking amazing especially like in Sons of Anarchy where he plays um, I don't know technically what his physical uh, category is but he's a, is he a transvestite in that show? I think he's a he's a trans person in the show yeah okay yeah I, so she, I, so she, couple, her, I can't remember her name. Wasn't it Cherry or something like that? But yeah, it was, yeah. It was really over the top and funny and hilarious. But he was he was fucking amazing, even in that you know in that role that you wouldn't think. You it know was about I mean? it was about as as much in terms of character development for a a non maybe let's just say a non binary person as we could expect from Kurt Sutter. So I'll give him credit for that. Well, and he's only he's only, <laughs> and he's only in like. I mean, I think five or three six episodes. Three yeah, or four. He's yeah, not, it wasn't he's not in a ton. He's not like a main character, but still. No, Walt uh, Goggins has been like under the radaring so many. Like the Righteous Gemstones is a great showcase for his oh. all that stuff. But for me, Boyd Crowder is always going to be who I immediately think of him as because as the show goes on, Smith is just going to get even better. Because season God two damn it, Raylan. is my favorite season, but. Um, yeah, so oh, I'm glad cool. you're watching Great. it. Glad you're watching it. Uh, season two is not your favorite. Great. No, season two is probably my favorite season. Oh, okay. Great. Well, then so, I feel better. Yeah. No, well, the Wire protocols. Oh, I liked season two of the Wire. Yeah, I do too. I mean, that's I another understand. show. That's, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying follow the protocol. We like. We all like season two of the Wire. You like season two just but. Yeah, it, it's fun, but yeah, I mean, I, I joke. I mean, I, I think I text Stone every night. I watch an episode. I'm like, oh shit. Shot another couple, three or four people tonight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, come on. Like, in reality, I, I understand the shootings are justified. The guy would still get justified. suspended. Boom. He would still get suspended for shooting, you know, someone basically every... Doesn't he pretty much go to all, like, leg shots after this? I forget. It's really hilarious. Like, I mean, maybe he does. He still shoots everybody. But, it's, but he like, literally just is, like, gunning down everybody every episode. Like, anybody that looks at him funny, he shoots because they have a gun Dewey, on him. Is Dewey in, in season one, or is he just coming up? I, I forget. Is he there the whole time? Who's Dewey? You know what I'm talking about, Bone, right? Yeah, Dewey, Dewey Crow's in the first episode, so I don't, I don't okay, know yeah, why yeah, it's yeah. confused. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Dewey, yeah. Okay. 
remember all the white racist guys' names. I'm sorry. You have to be more, you have to be more specific when you're talking yes. about Justified. <laughs> there's, there's quite a few of them. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, he's in season one. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's a big part of it. So, doesn't, yeah, I mean, doesn't Boyd open the series by uh, firing a goddamn rocket into a, a black church? Yeah, that yeah. Dougie Doug is the pastor of. <laughs> oh, my God. The first season feels like a completely different show by the end of it in a way that like not many shows can obtain. Like it is it's it's all episodic. It's uh there's hardly any carryover episode to episode aside from Raylan and his ex-wife and that shit like Boyd's barely a factor in Raylan's life at that moment. It's just it's all Yeah, he he doesn't come back in until like he starts off in the first episode, but then he doesn't really come back until the last Yeah. Two or three episodes or whatever. So it's just yeah. it's it's really wild how much different season one is because like I think by episode four or five of season two, you really start getting to know the Bennett family and the history they have with the Givens, and then season two just morphs because the first few episodes of season two are still kind of episodic, and then it morphs into basically the rest of the season is just one storyline about the Bennetts, and then season three is basically one storyline about. Detroit and Robert Quarles, and then season four is Drew Goddamn Thompson, and then season five is the kind of weird season where the uh, I think that's the one where the uh, the Crow Clan shows up, and then season six is where everything comes to a head. So yeah, it's it's just a totally different show by the end. So I'm glad you're watching it. It's one of my favorite shows. Obviously, I've watched it twice through. And Timothy Olyphant can do no wrong. To be honest with you. Uh. Sure. Anyway, I think we've hit the wall on this podcast. So. We have. We, we we have come to it. So uh, for everybody listening, uh, thanks for participating in our Oscar talk. Uh, Corey Smith, as always, it has been a goddamn pleasure. Happy to do my part. Happy, Happy to disrupt this podcast. Uh, so for Corey Thone, for Dan, for Corey Smith, and myself, thanks for listening. We'll see you in a couple weeks. A lot of This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.